This episode is brought to you by the content creators at Live City Media. They've been filming and editing since 2013 and know exactly what it takes to make your brand's online presence pop. Head over to livecity.media to connect with the team today. are connected hey sean how are you man i'm not so bad it's been a while it's been a while how you doing four weeks exactly if if i'm not mistaken (laughs) four weeks at the time of this recording so our dear viewers it's probably a little longer uh yeah you you all had to put up with me last time so we're back the dynamic duo as all ordered as things should be we hope you missed us (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they did, but uh, no, it's good to be back. It's been a busy August, but in all the right for all the right reasons, because uh, a new home is on the way. Yeah, and you're adults. Works that comes, yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I turned thirty at the end of the month, uh, the the early um, in early August. So yeah, it's uh, it's I think it's knocking on my door, but not with like a no- uh, gentle knock. It's with a sledgehammer. So it's, what was uh, it like turning thirty? Because <laughs> I know when I turned thirty, it was during the middle of the pandemic, and I sort of went through an existential crisis. Like, oh shit, I'm thirty now, and suddenly thirty yeah. felt like forty, and then I was all like replaying like my my life up to that point, essentially. Well. I'm good, actually. I think I had like a. I I thought I was gonna have like a similar sensation, like just re-questioning all my life and uh, what am I doing wrong and whatnot. But no, I felt good because all, I looked around at the people who were already thirty, including you, I guess. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm ambition. I'm I'm optimistic. I mean, I like what I'm seeing. I feel responsible. I feel capable. Maybe not when I'm doing a bad, bad golf swing. Maybe my back hurts a little bit. But apart from that, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I felt capable and just like in control of everything. So I'm just, and I mean, the 30s, everybody said that it's exciting apart from the big projects. I mean, you, you, you start to form your adult life to your liking. So it's, 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 it's going to be difficult and challenging, but still really fulfilling at the end of the day. So I think I'm still, I'm excited. It's going to be cool. It's going to be good. a good time. Yeah, I was unemployed it was the, the dead of winter we were in lockdown mode and i was like oh yes. well yeah you're a winter child that do yeah remember i was that. a winter child yeah. but I, not only winter child but i was it was like the isolation and without a job you don't have that thing to like keep you going so you're yeah sort of i get you left wallowing and your your thoughts and despair it was something let's not do that again <laughs> All right, but you're good now. We're you're good happy. Now. <laughs> you're fulfilled. We're so busy. That's, that's for counts. sure. <laughs> All right, and for this occasion, I think you have a concoction or a creation of your own in front of you I to uh, celebrate uh, the end of the summer, right? Yeah. So I wanted to try something a little different. So I took a drink that I've had before on the show, which I apparently was pronouncing wrong the whole time. It's not teething. It's yeah. was it Chivek? <laughs> Chevac, Chevac, yeah, it's yeah. a Chevy with the AC at the yeah. end. Yeah, we'll write it down in the description below so you can see how it's spelled. <laughs> um, but I've put in a dollop of maple syrup, not much, and a tiny bit of orange juice, and I've mixed it all together. I wanted to put ice, but I didn't have any ice, 
But I tasted it and it actually wasn't that bad. It was pretty tasty. It has a very, I guess sour is the right way of putting it in the taste, but it has a, it has a zest to it. I like it. It's a nice yeah. concoction. Well, we, I think both Sean and I we decided to call it to call it the Sean sour off camera, so if, but I think we'll, it's a we'll terrible maybe. name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like it. It's going to be the Sean sour. We might have a few before the end of the year, so <laughs> keep an eye out. But that's a good that's uh, good invention, man. I like it. Yeah, I'll um, see if I can perfect the the measurements and whatnot. But it ain't bad, actually. I gotta say, good. Yeah, it has a, a nice uh, shaker. nice aftertaste. Uh, but it's like I need to get a shaker and do it properly right now i just put it in the glass and stirred it all together but i'm like it's it's not bad it's not yeah bad. you deserve for, a, for a first shaker, attempt yeah for sure for for i mean uh, a cocktail or a drink guy like my yeah. like yourself you need a you need a it's in, proper the, it's in the cards all right on my end actually i'm drinking something that i received for my birthday in uh, early august so people know that and I, I like fine spirits so a friend of mine gave me a bottle of a bourbon that i've never heard of before uh simply because it's not actually made in kentucky it's made in alabama, alabama. where forrest gump is from yeah <laughs> so it's called clyde maze i don't know if you heard it before the bottle is quite interesting. There's a whole, like, I don't know, vintage kind of, like, old pictures from 1940s newspaper on it. And um, it's really powerful, really robust taste. I mean, this, like, won't – it's just – it's 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 powerful. Like, it's round in your mouth. Um, uh, it's it's a small bottle as well, so I can really finish it really rapidly, which is, which is shame. So I'm trying to take my time with this one. But, um, yeah, I'm, tr I'm trying Clyde May's bourbon. It's really good, uh, really good. It's quite pricey. I think it's close to, if I'm not mistaken, like 75, 80 bucks Canadian dollars. Um, but it's it's good. It's one of the best bourbons I've had so far, uh, I think, this year. Bold and, statement. Um, it's ro it's ro yeah, it's robust. I mean, it, if, you're, if you're shy and you want something more smooth, like you want a smooth taste with your bourbon, that's not the pick for you. That's, that's going to... That's gonna knock your teeth in. That's, <laughs> but it's good. It's it's challenging and it's complex. Um, like I, I taste a lot of vanilla, a lot of oakiness, but there's like the rye, the the spiciness of rye, but it's not a rye bourbon. So no, it's it's great, man. It's complex bourbon, and I like it. So thanks to uh, my good friend uh, Pierre Luc who bought it, bought this for me. Really good. Sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to come over to your new place and try that out at some point. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll leave some for you. But I know you're not a big bourbon guy. But this for this yeah, occasion. But I know your project is. You need to convert me. <laughs> I need to convert. It's yeah. still an ongoing project. So when you're gonna be in my new house and I'll have my mini bar set up, you'll you'll have a taste. Sounds great. Uh, of course, we want to, as always, thank Live City. We are, we put them at the front of the show, but I wanted to give that personal shout out at the same time. So Brandon and John are good friends. Good Thank chance. you, guys. Go check out the link in the description if you're curious about them. And also, go to Screen Hub. Like we talk about them all the time. We right there. You should totally go to Screen Hub Entertainment. So, screenhub.blog. We're going to have more content coming soon. Including uh, but there's a lot right now, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a busy time because good TV series are coming up for yeah. the fall. Um, quieter maybe on the big screen, but still a lot oh, of yeah, TV's going to be keeping me there. busy. Like I've already started the, yeah. the House of the Dragon review, which we'll talk about imminently, and I'm going to be taking the Rings of Power review as well. So yes, busy, yeah, yeah, busy, busy, busy. Got my hands full. But, but House of the Dragon—that's a, a good place to start, I think. 
Yes, absolutely. So after two episodes since last week, uh, I've started House of the Dragon. So it's actually it's the first time that I'm like up to date in Game of Thrones because I really started late in the game. I think I joined in when everybody was at season five. That's so when my girlfriend good to started. Be, <laughs> yeah, yeah feels good to be part of to be part of the discussion for once and be like having as much as information as everybody does. Um, for me, what's an interesting thing is I was a book reader for the original Game of Thrones, so I was always in the ha ha. I know it's coming. I know it's coming camp until the show surpassed the source material. But now I've not read Fire and Blood, and that, no. I do know some of the broad strokes that happened. Like I know we're going to the Dance of Dragons, but I don't know the outcome. I don't know who quote unquote wins and loses, or who's the 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 ultimate winner or not winner etc so i kind of like having this air of unknown about where the show is going you bring up something interesting because i read somewhere and i fully agree with this it is that we called the eight previous seasons game of thrones but looking at the first two episodes of house of the dragon i think we're talking about some serious game of thrones here i mean this literally is a game of thrones and because it's among point, the Targaryen family, but yeah. it's basically who gets to be the successor of the king. And at so this point, Otto yeah. Hightower is the one who's playing the game masterfully, and it's gross. The hand of the king, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's interesting. Yeah, again, I will bring it up. But he, yeah, he's playing his cards pretty well <laughs> yeah. now. By means of like, tell you. pimping out his daughter to ensure his daughter, basically. the lineage <laughs> to the throne. Like You, you can't get yeah. more Game of Thrones than that. Uh, yeah, there's some serious, I mean, especially episode two in a few ways. I mean, I know that I think for the first eight seasons, people were, I mean, bummed out with the incest between Jamie and Cersei Lannister, which is totally fair. Um, and I mean, I mean, child murdering and stuff. But there's something special in, in House of the Dragon with how the Targaryens are used to doing things and ruling and just like continue the family line and make sure that the king provides heirs that are of masculine uh of our of just our boys basically so they can sit on the throne because at that point there it was unethical for for women to sit on the throne which oh, changed yeah, a little bit. it hasn't happened at that point it hasn't happened yet uh but which changed a little bit for for the for the the eight seasons that we've seen so far but I must say, and I'm curious to, to know what you, you think, but I, I like it so far. I think I really like the casting, solid casting. Um, not much has happened yet, but it's fine because I dig the politics of it all. But cool characters, cool casting, looking forward to the rest. But I always found the Targaryens to be really boring. Like Daenerys, I didn't dig her for maybe like the first five-ish seasons. She became interesting after, but... Um, yeah, uh, so far, I mean, I'm, I like it. I dig it. Not much to comment on because it's pretty quiet, but when shit's going to hit the fan, it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to talk about because I don't love the show, but I don't dislike it either. There are parts of it that I'm a big fan of, and there are a few things that I'm kind of scratching my chin about. I think one of the biggest detriments I can find towards the show is the CGI. Uh, Game of Thrones mm. shot... The landscapes the are landscapes, not that great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones shot on location for a good chunk of the, the scenes. And then they took the location and they used CGI enhancements. So like um, Dragonstone, for example, in season one, 
sure the castle itself is CGI, but the landscape was uh, south of Spain, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, Dragonstone and House of the Dragon is entirely CGI, and it yes. shows. It and shows. There's a lot. Yes. Like King's Landing feels flat in comparison to Dubrovnik. They, they, yes. they didn't film in Dubrovnik this time. It feels like a CGI city to me. And it does. Yeah. yeah and we'd never well, leave the hallways and rooms of King's Landing. So it has this sense of feeling like a set. It doesn't feel like a lived-in place because the True. sets are so closed in. We don't go to the streets. We don't see the like, sky. Not it's, much. Yeah, it's like closed a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly meetings, interior, not exterior. Um, first episode maybe was a little more creative with its environment. Second episode, less so. Yeah, I do understand understand what you're saying. I think, and even we don't we go in only two places. I think in episode two, being King's Landing and Dragonstone, but mm-hmm. I guess that's it. Nothing else. So yes, I do notice that with the environment and the setting overall. So I think that's why we were invited to focus a little more on the characters, which for now, I mean, I'm, it's fine. Um, I just find that Rhaenyra is way too similar to Daenerys in in so many ways. So I don't know if I guess it's on purpose, but I'm just like this. It's it's it almost looks like a, a carbon copy of Daenerys so far. But that's just me. For the first episode, she was the character I was least interested in. I thought she was pretty bland in the first episode. But the even episode two, I didn't. I mean, I liked the the stunt she did at the end when she fly, flew her dragon to Dragonstone to confront her uncle. I was like, okay, that's nice, but. The rest, I'm like, nah. Yeah, I think yeah, she's, she's not that she's, interesting. Of the yeah. core characters, she is the least interesting, but she did become more interesting, I found, in the second episode. And there were very subtle acting cues, like when Otto announced he was going to be marrying... Uh, well, well, when the king announced he was going to be marrying Otto's daughter, that look... Alice, yeah, Alicent. Alicent Hightower. Yeah, yeah. The look that the princess gave to Alicent, it was so subtle, but it was... It was really, really good. I quite liked that. Yeah. She was trying to keep the, the stoic mask on, but a crack happened in the mask. And I was like, I really appreciated that. Yeah, um, she was like disgusted and angry at the same yeah, time, but, but, but you preserving her veil, yeah. like her poker face as like, no, I'm the princess. I need to keep yeah. myself. But while, like, I wasn't, yeah. while I'm not so crazy about uh, that aspect of the story, I really like Otto Hightower and I really like Prince Damon. Which are, Prince Damon. Uh, Prince Damon, I think, is the highlight of the yeah. show so far. He's not. He was not really much in episode two that much. No. Uh, episode one. I mean, he had some great moments in episode one. But yeah, Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen, awesome casting. I think he's the perfect Targaryen prince you can think of. I was yeah. like Matt Smith Petulant. in the Game of Thrones, perfect. Since he played like I don't know Prince Philip in The Crown, I was like, no, no, this guy is the ultimate badass for bad characters for bad man he's gonna be like a prime subject so it, this is no exception i do like the hand of the king as well Otto, yeah. and just like his because again i think he's he reminds me a little finger a bit in many ways because yeah. he doesn't really say out loud his agenda you can only guess and he's but you know that he has high ambitions other yeah people. like he's saying yes. one thing but he's meaning another thing yeah uh, when it comes to the politics of this show I'm super on board. I, I'm I'm loving the the double talk, the the scheming, the the loyalties, the the alliances, the fragile alliances, the the forging of new alliances, and all the motivations to go behind that. Two episodes yeah. in, and that's the part of the show that I'm fully behind. 
uh, whereas yeah. some of the characters themselves have been as individuals a little less so but not enough mm. to take me out of the experience um well, i'm gonna keep talking about it but just because we're here on it if i had to give the first episode a ranking i would probably give the first one a seven but the second one an eight interesting so you prefer the episode two I over episode very one. much preferred episode two to episode one yeah yeah, it's contrary for me. I preferred episode one to episode oh, two. Uh, I I liked a couple of things from episode two. I mean, I liked the the king's proposal to marry Allison. I was like, okay, that was coming. We we knew it. But um, the brutality of episode one, Woof. like to how Woof. you can actually okay, how you can actually sell off like those Targaryens, how they actually did things. So the the labor scene was uncomfortable like, to say the uncomfortable least. and terrifying Damon's fights and how he actually cleaned the streets I mean fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought that I don't know like a character like I don't know the the, the hound was brutal I'm like no Damon is like another level and he completely justifies um, himself yeah and yeah. he doesn't in, in his own like eyes he doesn't remorse yeah, for it he doesn't yeah. feel like he did anything bad he's like for the security no, no, of the like, kingdom like this is why I'm yeah, doing yeah. it and yeah. he, he doesn't bat an eye he's like do you not realize you did some like pretty shady stuff? And he's just like, no, like, I honestly thought I did something good. Yeah. So I liked episode one. I think maybe there's a lot more going. I like the politics of episode two, but I'm just like, I, I, I wanted a little more from the episode, but still, I mean, it sets the, the, the ground for, for other interesting conflicts for sure. Um, I like the King as well, to be honest. I mean, I like the fact that, most of the kings we've had in prior Game of Thrones are mostly evil, like not good yeah, kings. Or just like shitheads. Like. Shitheads. This one is actually, in all things considered, is actually a pretty good king. He's not, I mean, for sure, I mean, he's still like, he's a king of the Game of Thrones, so he can be entirely white in how he does stuff. But overall, I mean, it's surprising for a Targaryen character to be, I think of all the characters, well, Rhaenyra, we might have some conflicting ideas on her, but... He must be like really likable in the whole set. I mean, he's better than his hand. He's better than his brother for sure. Be- better than the most the other manipulative. I mean, members of the family. I think like overall, he's a pretty good, decent king. And that's exactly uh, considering... why he's screwed because there is no it, room yeah. for niceties in Westeros. Exactly. Yeah. No, he'll be screwed eventually. Yeah. I like but, the idea uh, that at the end of episode one, he put his hand on the throne and the throne cut him. And yeah. now he's got this infected finger. And, and there's something on his back as well, yeah. right? He was like, so there's something up with him. So at first I thought that he was the, um, the the stone people, actually, who maybe he touched at some point. He didn't know that they were infected and he's contaminated by this. But I'm not sure. But yeah, there's something going on with him. Yeah, on dragon sickness, matter. right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I like the parallel between his sickness, his rot, and the crab feeder who is literally like feeding people to the crabs and the idea that the throne itself is almost like a cancer it's and then uh king viserys he puts his hand in the maggots he's trying to clean the the rod off but the practical thing to do at that point would just cut the finger off or cut the hand off and he would probably save himself but Viserys has this idea of I want to live a comfortable life I want an easy life and he doesn't take the hand and that mentality is probably going to backfire on him 
Yeah, probably. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, between us two, it was the decent thing to do because the, <laughs> the, the, the one who was promised to him was 12 and he's like a man of what, 50 years old or something. Take, so yeah. just like, and he keeps reiterating and he's like, um, she's 12. She's 12. I'm like, yes, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. That, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I was happy that he wanted to marry Allison because again, she's what? like maybe 16. <laughs> Is she? I mean, I would say maybe tw- uh, yeah, no, she's the same age of as uh, Rhaenyra. Yeah, so she's, she's what, fifteen or sixteen, give or take. Sixteen, yeah, yeah give her. Okay, yeah, maybe I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> maybe it's, it's, I mean, like, it's and, still a big deal. Yeah, I, I, I know this is medieval times that it's but based Al- on. But Allison is intelligent and she knows what she's doing, so I'm like, okay, this is better. The 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 other child, I'm like, no, yeah, that's uh, that, that's just wrong. Like <laughs> but, super cringe. Yeah, but uh, I mean, in in. in game of thrones like territory i'm like okay this is a little more acceptable i guess yes yeah like i guess i guess yeah. with a big i and a big g yeah. but when still, you're looking at it I through mean, the veil of yeah what history was actually like like our history and how nobility would often get married in their teenagers you're like okay i guess this does reflect uh history which is what george R. R. martin does a lot he pulls from history so like it does make us uncomfortable but I'm pretty sure half the English monarchy in the Middle Ages were getting hitched by the time they were like 14. Yeah. So, no, probably. Yeah. So, conclusive note on House of the Dragon. So, for you, would say good and promising, but not excellent so far. Yeah, right? I would say I, I'm very intrigued as to what's coming. Um, I, I like the story setup. I think there's a lot of intrigue happening. Um, I like the the characters but it's not like game of thrones where characters like Tyrion, john and ned hooked me in from the first episode i'm not per se rooting for anybody right now yeah yeah no i would say kind of similar to you i mean it's good i'm in promising so far nothing big has happened yet so it's it's hard to comment on the whole thing you know that shit's gonna go down eventually not yet but at, like during the season but interesting characters, interesting premise, interesting political debates, and I like the fact that we're actually like doing a Game of Thrones, which was not always the case in previous seasons. Uh, but it, this prequel definitely does. Um, There's a season no, two that's confirmed yeah. uh, right after the first episode. They confirmed season two. I wonder if season two of the show is going to continue this plot line. Or because Fire and Blood, the book that's based on, covers like 300 years of history. So I wonder if House of the Dragon is going to be more like an anthology show. Where every time season two, season three, it's going to be like a different cast and a different point in history. Or a different a different house, basically. They do Targaryens this Well, it's called like House do, of the Dragon. Yeah. So I wouldn't uh, assume that. But I would wonder if we would travel through the history of the Targaryens. Or if this show is going to push forward and sort of stretch out this particular civil war conflict mm, gotcha food for we'll thought see. yeah i'm curious as to but, what happens but looking forward to the rest and we'll uh, we'll comment on the season finale uh, when it comes out but uh, the next stop in our discussion i think is a, a kind of other fantastical show yeah uh which is seems highly promising uh, uh but on different provider amazon prime so it's we'll need to discuss some jrl tolkien here yes jrr so, tolkien sorry uh, yeah. the critics have started to put their reviews out i tried really hard to secure um 
a screener for it, but maybe I was too late. I did get the uh, the PR, but I didn't get the screener. Um, so the reviews are coming out, and they are largely quite positive. Uh, uh, more than largely, yeah. I think, except for maybe one or two outlets. I think everybody says it's it's awesome. It's, yeah, it's which great. is yeah. it's pretty good to hear. I've heard a lot of talk of the the scope, how epic it looks, how it raises the benchmark for what TV can do. I've seen wow. things of that nature quite a few times now. Interesting. I mean, the show get, costs like the the production budget no, 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 is for sure. half a billion it's bu- dollars. It's, it's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know from the visual effects perspective, I'm not I'm not. I mean, I'm confident that it's oh, going to yeah. be amazing. I mean, it's going to be Avatar level that we've seen in twenty uh, in two thousand nine. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Um, in terms of story, character development, intrigue. Again, I'm curious because. <laughs> This means that it must be on the quality of like the the first like Lord of the Rings movies we've seen because I mean The Hobbit had similar kind of technology, but the 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 story didn't grab us the same way. So I'm just like okay, they 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 they, it's up a notch in terms of storytelling. And even the CGI in The Hobbit, it often took me out of the movie because it was too much. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was shiny at times, and I could tell that it was CGI. Whereas the Lord of the Rings, when the movie came out in the early 2000s, it still looks better than half the movies that are coming out today. Yeah, because practical effects, man, that's the that's the trick. Practical that's effects, and I, are... I think the, the the more resolution we got on our cameras, the weaker CGI has looked. I found. Mm, uh, interesting. The it, it looks too good now, and we, we notice it more. Uh, but that, that could be a conversation for a different day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for 100%. Yeah. I would be like, uh, it would be a nice discussion to discuss the, the Hobbit trilogy and also the, the Lord of the yeah, Rings trilogy sure. as a whole. But I'm I'm really happy to to see like good good reviews because yeah. I think people were worried. Maybe you were. Uh, I maybe was I was very, a little I put, bit. I reshared the article today sharing my uh, concerns and what had me excited at the same time. I wrote that a couple of months ago. And I'm like, until I see the show for myself, these uh, statements still stand. But yeah. seeing a lot of big outlets like like Variety, Hollywood Reporter, IndieWire, they're all giving a glowing reviews. Uh, AV Club gave it a positive, and even the ones that are like a little, yeah, not not bad, but a little kind of like mixed reactions. What they're saying actually still excites me. I think Time Magazine said that one of the flaws of the show was that it was too Tolkien, quote-unquote, in that the show lies heavily on character archetypes. But Tolkien also created a lot of these archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm hearing things like it's too Tolkien for its own good, and I'm like, I don't per se see that as a bad thing. And I think another critic was talking about how it's it's very much like good versus evil. It's not like Game of Thrones where you have like shades of gray. And they said that as a bad thing because there's no like nuance and i'm like i don't per se need that mov- to have nuance yeah like, I, but the first movies were really tolkien-ish if i'm not mistaken yeah. because again it, there's a lot of focus on details a lot of focus on landscape a lot of focus on how things look how on mythology and whatnot but yeah like sauron is absolute evil he has no redeeming qualities sauron yeah. Sauron the same like but there is no shades of gray with these characters. It's you have good and evil, and some of the reviews said that it's too simple for twenty twenty two. But and it's it's 
a, a way less intense than Game of Thrones. Like this is going to be a, a PG thirteen show, and some people were saying that as faults. I'm like, I, I'm not sure I see those as faults. One thing I have seen that is it's not a flag raise, it's something to bear in mind. But the first episode is almost entirely exposition. It's fine. I mean, since we're what a thousand years before the first Lord 3, of the Rings, 000. before three thousand before Fellowship. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we need a lot of, like, I don't know, just ground rules and contextual yeah. analysis. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I, I hear that the I'm second episode yeah. picks it up quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that the reviews are going so well. I'm laughing at the trolls going, oh, all the left woke media shills. All <laughs> the left woke, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're always worth. They're always good, good for a laugh. Those guys, because yeah, yeah no, I'm sure Amazon sure. paid all these journalists handsomely. Yeah, yeah all yeah. of them. Yeah, I, I'm. No, I'm sure. They're not Disney. Ha 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 ha. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I'm. I'm pleasant. I'm happily surprised for sure. I mean, it's it's good. It's reassuring. I think I even was able to convince my girlfriend to watch it with me because she's not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. But starting from a new and going with lighter stuff, I think she'll be more interested. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it for sure. I think we're what uh, four days before. It starts like, tomorrow. It's in... Is it? It's. I think it was September second. It got. No, it got tomorrow. bumped. It's uh, tomorrow at nine o'clock Eastern. Oh Jesus Christ! All right, yeah, so they're putting uh, two episodes up front. I'm gonna try to watch both tomorrow. Uh, my girlfriend yeah, comes sure. home because late, it, uh, and it's. I know the first episode is over an hour long, so I don't know oh, if we're going to be able to watch both. And on Friday, I'm going to the My Chemical Romance concert. So Nice, man. Yeah, I'm going to bring out my inner emo for a day. So I don't yeah. know if I'm going to be able to squeeze out uh, a review on the blog in time on Screen Hub. Um, but it'll be out when it's out. If it's not out Thursday or Friday morning, it'll be out Saturday morning. Looking for it for sure. Me too. I'll, I'll try to grab it tomorrow evening, but I'm not 100% certain. Yeah. I'm for sure getting yeah. one. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try my best to do the same as well. But all right, man. That's a good uh, good, good hype going on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, hap- I'm looking forward to it. It's good to get back into this universe because I think yeah, it's been a while, even if like the, the Hobbit trilogy, I mean, it looks like since forever. And it, it wasn't that satisfying. Was well, 10 years 2012 ago. 2013 2014 yeah, so, so it's always almost the first 10 one years. was 10 years yeah yeah good it's 10 years good ago, lord yeah. yes i know yeah it's going by so fast Jeez. but yeah no so it's yeah we're due some for some solid lord of the rings so yeah. uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun uh um, what else is on our list yeah there? well on the last episode that i did by myself i talked about how i wanted to touch base with you on Warner Brothers, their the house is on fire. They canceled yes. Batgirl, like all this shenanigans. Uh, they delayed Shazam and Aquaman two since I spoke last, and it's just it's all over the place. Warner Brothers is on fire. I wanted to get yes. your thoughts on that. I don't know if I have thoughts. I'm just amazed because ever since yeah the merger with Discovery, you said there was new leadership on board. They just don't seem that interested and that invested in the DCEU, which is, I mean, a shame, but is it unsurprising? I wouldn't say it's unsurprising, but it's a shame, definitely, Uh because we know for sure that DCEU has some struggles, I mean, since, what, forever? Well, not forever, but after the Nolan era, I would say. Um, 
so I'm again it's so many projects are up in the air we're not even sure I think there's nothing confirmed at this point right apart from Aquaman 2 we know it's gonna happen we just don't know when well, Aquaman 2 got del- it was supposed to come out it w- initially in December it was, it was delayed yes. yeah and then it got delayed until I want to say May like May June but I'm not 100% sure now it's delayed until December so that's a year delay from the initial that's a year yeah yeah that's, that's release. huge Part of me wonders, and this is just straight up speculation, but I wonder if there's serious reshoots for Aquaman 2. Because of Amber Heard? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 I wonder if they're. I don't see a recasting situation, but I wonder Mm. if they're going to tweak the story in that a lot of her character's responsibilities narratively are going to be given to a different character, like maybe Patrick Wilson's character possibly yeah. yeah i can't no, help no, but shake like a, a year delay from inception to another six months from the current one that's enough time to do some pickup shots and uh to tweak things yeah. considerably yeah yeah no no for sure so yeah this is not yeah it's not looking well i wouldn't say looking so good but yeah there's a lot of work going on um no i think and before we jump to the bad girl the flash news so again they were unsure about the fate of the movie because of uh yeah ezra miller's like attitude and controversy around like what he's been doing and whatnot but i think so far what i understood is the movie is still saved i think they're still going to release it it's just a question of when yeah uh, warner brothers they, presented demo- um three choices that ezra miller had to make and one of them was um, he like publicly apologizes, but he's not allowed to go on the uh, the press tour. And once he like goes and gets professional help, and he can do the the press tour. And I think three was he does neither of those, and the movies can't. And I saw that Ezra Miller at least apologized and yeah. said he was. And we're not. Help. <laughs> I'm gonna say something, but we're not supposed to say he. It's they, right? It's that, they. That's true. I was gonna to, actually. Yeah. Uh, Next time yeah, I have yeah, the opportunity, I was going to say... Ezra Miller, they are supposed to, yeah, mm-hmm. um, just apologize and whatnot. But yeah, no, it, but first, I think first dailies or not even rushes, I think just, I think they, they did finish the film. So they, they showed it to Warner Brothers execs. And I think that the, the, the feedback was really good. I think everybody liked it, if I'm not mistaken. So the flash is promising. Um, which will reintroduce Michael Keaton as as Batman and Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, which is real. I'm really hyped well, for this. He was. I'm not sure if it was first or second, but he was also going to be in the Batgirl, and that movie got completely scrapped in favor of a tax credit, uh, which wow. was a bold move because I think the movie was 90 percent done. And oh, close to 100, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think they were doing some editing stuff, but it was shot entirely. Yeah, yeah. and. The the surprise was that they didn't even at least consider an HBO Max drop. They just no. said, "Nope, we're gonna write it off." We'll, we'll and that's so easy to do, and that's so like I don't know. That's not gonna cost them anything. Just generate money and clicks. I'm just go for it. Uh, I mean, so the, yeah, the question like, I was wondering is, is this great leadership, where he can n- rip the bandaid, do the the tough thing? Like maybe this movie really was that bad, and he was like, "Nope." We're just going to write it off. Or is this someone who is afraid of taking chances and is maybe limiting artistic freedoms, if you want to put it that way? 
It's hard to say, man, because again, we haven't seen anything of the bad girl. Yeah. I mean, it was so maybe it was that bad, like Morbius bad, and they said like, okay, no, f- screw it, we're we're not gonna release this. But again, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think from a PR perspective, they didn't handle it well. Oh, the PR for was sure. a mess. Yeah. PR was a mess, and they, from a communication perspective, they did it horribly. But Again, it's hard to say. It's hard to be 100% positive on what happened on the bad girl because maybe the movie was that bad. But um, the way they handled this maybe does point out to some amateurish leadership from them. So it's I don't know. I'm trying to have an opinion. It's Everything looks like it's out of control. I mean, there's some huge change coming. Yeah, they're also I don't know if it's good uh, or bad. They've been pulling HBO Max originals off of HBO Max. Uh, yeah. Like... Uh, and the, even HBO things like, you know, do you remember the show Vinyl that came out a couple of years ago? With, yes. Um, what's his name? Bobby Cannavale as the lead? Yes. You can't yeah, watch yeah. it on HBO Max anymore. Well, it's just, okay. poof, it's gone. <laughs> Pulled. It's gone. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of weird things that are happening at, uh, at Warner Brothers and things being pulled off the streamer. That's why I'm a huge advocate of physical media still. Like, if you love something, buy it because you just don't know. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, I don't know. Like, for us, it's Crave. Basically, in Canada, we're connected to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I totally get you uh, on this. So, I don't know if I should eventually buy Justice League, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League before it disappears completely. Well, but maybe. Who knows? Because <laughs> uh, the Warner execs or somebody was speaking to Variety, and they were saying that they think it was a mistake to release the Snyder Cut. And almost all traces of the Snyder Cut are being almost like cast aside. They're like, no, the the Justice League version is the quote-unquote canon version. They were releasing a documentary, and I think they were... uh, I think they couldn't use footage from Snyder's Justice League in the documentary. Uh, They refused to do a sequel to it. They won't even do like a comic book sequel to it at this point. Yeah, do you see... This be this is being close-minded, but that's this specific example because everybody knows everybody knows that Justice League, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, did better than Justice League, and the fine hype, the interest, everybody was for it. So yeah. I'm not even again, a big Zack Snyder fan, and I want me neither, Justice but League and too. I want more from yeah. it. Yeah, me too. But I don't know, man. Yeah, it's this is weird for sure. Yeah. So I don't know like what this new CEO, this new leadership team is gonna do, but they're rattling things up. There, it's it's a big change coming. But again, what I'm saying is that even though they didn't do it gracefully and they didn't do proper comms and PR on all of this, I can understand why they're doing it because I mean I won't I won't lie saying that and and I'm sure you you think the same thing too is that. The DCEU was a, is a mess since I would say what maybe 2013. I would say since 2015 when BVS came out. Okay, so until yeah 2015, so it was a mess. So maybe this is a course correct. They're not doing it accordingly. Possibly, uh, maybe it is that way. But still, it's hard to argue against it. It's just like okay, yes. It was a mess, maybe, but you're not doing this the right way. So I think that's where I sit on this. I think the, so I'm curious to see what happens, yeah. but yeah. I think the most alarming thing was that they canceled it when it was almost 100%. Uh, 
if for the bad girl, yeah, yeah if they were that concerned about the film's quality and they were yeah, and th- such a loss of money again it's just yeah. that you're not economists and yeah. at heart i'm just like the movie's almost done just release it yeah like, the, if they were worried it, if like, they were worried know. about the quality of the movie a good producer or executive anyone in that position would have seen a bad movie 30 to 40 percent through the shoot and they would have stopped yeah. production they would have gathered around the table talked about how do we fix it or should we stop it but the movie was almost completely done that is the biggest problem i think that they let it get that far without either course correction or canceling it earlier yeah and we can't find any trace of it basically right yeah. they're gonna remove all all negatives everything yeah yeah so i i don't know Warner Bros. is the second biggest studio now that disney has acquired fox and marvel and lucasfilm so disney's the mecca of big giant colossus studio but warner bros is probably the second biggest studio just yeah. in terms of for sure the, yeah. the amount of movies they put the out second, and yeah. who they're partnered with like they, they do everything from the harry potter films to the monster verse films and uh most of like dune mm, dune was the nolan the nolan's nolan movies, yeah yeah um the nolan movies dune yeah yeah, yeah. Like they're partnered with legendary which i know is might not be going forward anymore but Legendaries is a huge uh, studio, so yeah, it's it, it, interesting to see what happens. But yeah, Warner Brothers puts out a lot of big movies. The, they focus on those yeah. blockbuster type movies as well. Yeah, no, it's it, again. I I want to have a more like firm and like concise opinion, but it's hard because I don't know anything that much what's happening. So I'm looking forward to the rest, seeing what they're doing. Um, I would invite them to continue investing in the movies that they know are going to succeed. So the flash Aquaman two release those for sure. Um, justice league continue the discussion, I guess, because if Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are still possibly on contract, use them again. You're going to make some money out of it yeah, for seriously. sure. Um, yeah, so I, I'd, say, I'd be curious to see a Man of Steel two, even if Zack Snyder's not the director. I think the first half of Man it. of Steel was a decent movie, Be- and the second half yeah. was hot trash. <laughs> yeah, and do it before Ke- Cavill becomes James becomes James Bond, because I think that right now I think he's highly considered to be Daniel Craig's replacement. So I'm just like, do it fast. <laughs> he's up for it, but I wouldn't take that. Yeah. Bet. No, you wouldn't. No. All right, well. There's a lot of buzz around here. There's a mean, lot of I buzz. Wouldn't be dis- I wouldn't be disappointed, but he's a busy actor. So, I mean, if if he does get the part, I'm just like, all right, so we won't have any more Superman with him yeah. in a short <laughs> run. But, uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but talking about the DC Universe, I do have something to show and to, to talk about. Because, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but did you grow up with the Michael Keaton's Batman movies as I did. I did, not, but I wasn't really. like obsessed with them. It's like the way I was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies when they came out. Uh, All right. But like I was aware of them. I watched them. Uh, appreciated them. But no posters on the wall. <laughs> no, no, gotcha, for sure. Um, I think Batman 89 was one of the first Batman movies I've seen. Again, I, I was born in 92, so I saw it like on VHS like after but this and batman forever i think were my first introduction to batman live batman so um and interestingly i heard that they were gonna um, unveil 
comic books of basically the Tim Burton's Batman universe, but after Batman Returns. So I was like super excited. So I ordered it really early and I have it in my hand and I just received it. So I'm actually reading the continuation of Michael Keaton's Batman uh, after Batman Returns. So basically other villains, other story arcs, but in the same universe, which is really cool and interesting. It's almost as if like this universe never died, you know, so it's uh, kind of kind of cool thing to share. So uh, I don't know. I feel really attached to that universe. Uh, the first Batman movies before the Nolan era, uh, maybe except for <laughs> Batman and Robin. But the first three, I would say I, I, I really liked them. I grew up with them. And um, I mean, I think it's 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 really a big part of my childhood. So I, I needed to have this. So I'm really happy to share it. <laughs> Two questions for you. Who's the villain and who's the uh, the writer? Who's the villain? So, um, interestingly enough, one of the writers is Sam Hamm, who actually co-wrote the first Batman movie, Batman 89. Um, the other two are Joe Quinones and Leonardo Ito, but those two, I'm not sure they were involved with the first Batman film. But Sam Hamm is, so that's good. So it's still good, like it's the same writer from the first film involved. Main villain of this, um, interestingly, I mean, there's two, but the big one is Two-Face. But what's interesting is that we never actually got the Two-Face that was promised from the Tim Burton era. Yeah. Because at that time, the first Batman movie, if people remember, Billy D. Williams was Harvey Dent, who played Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars universe. He was Harvey Dent. Uh, but he only only appeared in the first movie as Harvey Dent, but we never see seen his like descent to become Two Face. So they're correcting this here after Batman Returns, saying no, Harvey Dent comes back and he does become Two Face. So he's the main baddie, and actually, surprisingly enough, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman comes back as well. So uh, those are, I would say are the two villains of this uh, comic book. It's the Catwoman coming back. Which is, I think he's, she's more of an ally in this book. So she's like, um, I don't know, controversial. Not really an antagonist, more of a... A frenemy. Colleague. Yeah, a frenemy, exactly. But she's still in there, but the big baddie is uh, Two-Face. Nice. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm pretty intrigued. I, I'm going to keep my eye on my pick myself a copy up. Yeah, no, it's on Amazon. So get it for sure. It's really affordable. Um, or or go to your local independent bookstore. Hey! If you have one, for sure. Go if, if it's on sale there, go for it. But if you're in love with the Batman universe from the 90s, you really like the Tim Burton movies as I did, um, there's a continuation to that story. And it's in non-comic book form. So I really recommend you read it. It's, uh, it's good stuff. Nice. Uh, we have... One more primary topic, then we'll do like a shorter topic. But I know this topic, uh, when we talked about it earlier, my first thought was the the average Jays who were on our show. Yeah. They're going to get a kick out of this topic because I remember we were talking about it uh, when we did the shows with them. Mm-hmm. And that is our very late, but better late than ever review of Lightyear. Yeah. No, happy. I'm really happy to see this because it was... Um, I mean, from a sad perspective, I mean, it's it's one of the biggest bombs of 2022, if I'm right? not mistaken, right? No, yeah. Didn't do so hot at the box office. No, it did terribly, actually. Um, and people are trying to explain as to why it happened. One of the big reasons, I mean, it's like, it's not the buzz we were used to. It's not Tim Allen. It's not the toy. It's like the live version of buzz. Um 
I did like the movie though. I did enjoy it. Uh, I I liked the reference to Zorg. I like what they did with the the antagonist. Uh, we can spoil it. I don't know. Yeah, we, we we'll put a spoiler alert. Uh, so spoilers okay. for this segment. Spoiler alert. Um, Zorg is actually Buzz. It's not like there was a joke that it was his dad or something. I think in Toy Story Two. Um, yeah. But no, Buzz is actually uh, no. Sorry, Zorg is actually Buzz from the future. It's an alternate version of Buzz, um, who comes back into the past to actually encourage Buzz to join his cause. So it was just like nice touch. I interesting. hated that. You did. Yes. I didn't. I did like it. I hated it so much. I was like, you oh hated my. the fact that Zorg was. Yeah, Buzz? I did I, not like that aspect at. I always oh, enjoyed this aspect hear. that Zerg was. <laughs> I like the idea that Zerg was Buzz's father because it riffed off of Star Wars. Because uh, yeah, that that's the part I didn't want it to copy Star well, Wars. I'm I'm glad they did. Well, that I I, I liked that, that it did because so many people who worked on the first Toy Story worked on the first uh, or worked on the original Star Wars because Pixar was yeah. um, something that they created at uh, Industrial Light and Magic. I've been watching Light and Magic as well, which is a really awesome yeah a lot of the information i did know already but i i I watched this as well so we can discuss this briefly but uh i didn't like that i didn't know you you hated it i hated it and overall i think the movie it was fine i guess it felt no it was fine three stars yeah not not exceptional but it was easy entertainment action but But i never want to watch it again that's the thing i don't feel no no yeah watch it again i can watch toy story like a bit over, uh, and, over, over and over yeah. and over again but i'm like okay i watched it it felt you know what i think the biggest thing is and i've noticed this with pixar movies and i've mentioned it before it doesn't feel like a pixar movie no uh, i can understand why you're saying this but it yes it feels like a disney movie. um it feels like a disney movie not a pixar movie um, I think I don't know why people were bummed out and didn't want to go see Lightyear because again it's it's a fine film not exceptional it's a th- easy three stars entertaining I like the the cat I like socks care <laughs> yeah, socks is good um, yeah, uh, but I like the, the CG was good um, the CG was good yeah. CG was good um, again th- there's a lot of references to Wally in that film I like I I like those references I like the whole premise about them trying to explore another planet they crash landed on another planet they can't leave and buzz tries so hard to say okay well we'll find another one but time and time again he fails he doesn't succeed Mm -hmm. so they decide to just okay we'll stay here then we'll accommodate yourself and like accept what we have and so he's he becomes an enemy basically of the system because of that because he wants to leave and everybody's like just no we'll stay yeah. it's fine and i will say that the first uh, act is definitely the strongest the first act is excellent nah. i mean uh again just like time moving out so, so so fast him redoing the same missions so there's a lot of interstellar a lot of wally and everything that we've seen so i did like those aspects of the story i do agree that when he actually lands in his like the the, the longest time zone so when he actually is fighting with Izzy and the rebels mm-hmm. against yeah. Zorg ships. I was like, the, well, that's less interesting. Yeah, yeah, as soon as that part in the movie happened, the pacing and the tone just completely changed for me. And it, be- yes, it became so less interested. I was never yeah, bored no, yeah. and I was never like frustrated, but the movie just, like, it, it had me and then it lost me. 
No, I do agree with that. I did find the first half better than the second half. That's for sure. But I did like the twist with Zerg. I did like that piece. I, I was um, waiting for the Zerg, like, like I'm your father, like, <laughs> sort of like. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And like, the whole <laughs> berserk thing, and they say, you said, no, they're supposed to say buzz, but they can't pronounce it properly. I was like, okay, it's fine. But I, the thing that bummed me the most, I would say, and maybe that's why I didn't give it like, I don't know, a three star and a half. It's the buzz, the Chris Evans buzz in this. It's so different from the Tim Allen buzz yeah. from the Toy Story film. I'm like, that's why I think people were not as enthusiastic with this movie is because they knew that this wasn't the Tim Allen buzz. And I could definitely see it in the movie. It was like, no, this is like a youngish kind of more maverick kind of buzz. And the buzz we have in Toy Story is more like, a, I don't know, he's really rigid. He's serious more than everything else this one is more cowboyish like more of a witty kind of personality yeah. than 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 buzz so i'm like no this yeah and as a byproduct of having chris evans voice buzz and it feeling more like a disney movie it also feels a little like a marvel movie yeah it's true yeah. no i do agree with that so yeah it did go it didn't go well at the box office so I, i'm not sure they're gonna try this this thing again <laughs> they did their origin story i think they're they're done that was just a, a one-off and uh, that's it but still i mean i had good fun it's it was an easy watch with my girlfriend not exceptional just fine but nothing like the toy story films yeah, for sure but the, those toy story films those there's a prime must have uh early pixar movies maybe it's part of the nostalgia goggles when you were a child but I legitimately think that like the the core Toy Story films and like Finding Nemo, those are like exceptional films. Like they're not just like nostalgic goggles. Those were good when I was a kid. Good movies. Like they're still really good. And yeah. the quality, I would say, post Soul, just hasn't been there. Yeah, I would say post Soul. Yeah, you're no even before that. I think Soul was like maybe an exception, mm. but I would say even post Frozen. Oh, well, no, Frozen was, Frozen was Pixar Disney. or yeah, Frozen or, was Disney. But I know what you mean. Probably, yeah. um, relatively speaking, probably post Inside Out, with the exception of Coco. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's agree with this. Yeah, because totally. like Finding Dory, Incredibles two, The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, Incredibles 2 was not great. Uh, Incredibles mean, 1 was great. Yeah, but Incredibles, Incredibles 2, 1 was yeah. fantastic. Ah, Incredibles 1 was so good. Yeah, Incredibles really 2 like was just, film. again, it was, it was fine. Like, I saw it. I played the video, I played the video games. I played the Xbox game on uh, Incredibles. It was so cool. I had the, <laughs> it was uh, like an action game. Really liked it. I had the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger game as a kid on the computer. <laughs> nice. So that, that um, was fun. <laughs> Yeah. What else? I think before we close off, I think you had we wanted to discuss the Sandman. Yeah. Quick review of the Sandman. So before I'm not done it. Um, I'm. I, I don't like binging shows, and I like this whole like watch a, a show a week thing. So I've only seen six episodes right now of the Sandman. Uh, I was no rush to to watch it. Uh, I, I don't like like with especially with Netflix. I don't like cramming everything in at the last minute. That's why yeah. I like the, the House of the Dragon and Wings of Power and Mandalorian, etc. They come out on a weekly basis. I can write my reviews. With Netflix, I feel like there's this like pressure to watch everything. 
That being said, yeah. I'm loving the Sandman. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's still on my list. Didn't have time yet, but I'll, I'll put it on mine as well. It's very abstract, but not too abstract. It never, like, alienates the audience. But some of the visuals reminded me of, like, old paintings. Uh, I think what's really interesting is that even though the show is called The Sandman, the titular character is The Sandman, mm-hmm. quite often the show is about regular people and how they interact in the world with Sandman sort of like seeing their life. So mm-hmm. it's almost like you have a lot of like vignettes. Every episode kind of feels disconnected from the next in that way. It doesn't have, like, there is an overall overarching thread, but it very much feels almost like an old show where it's like, this episode is contained, this episode is contained. And some of the episodes yeah. are very Sandman central, like uh, the one where he goes to visit Lucifer. Uh, but there are other episodes, uh, like the first episode, like, Sandman's barely in, like, he's in it, but he barely speaks and he has no agency over the plot, uh, mm-hmm. personally. Like, the plot is all about him, but he is not doing anything to control the plot. He yeah. barely speaks. Uh, he, he doesn't do much. And it's very mm. interesting to see just how normal people are interacting around him. So I think it's one of the show's highlights. It's one of the stronger aspects of the show. Um, great visuals, great acting. Some shoddy CGI here and there. Like, it is what it is, but it's... Yeah, it's Netflix. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, so. it's never uh, it's never enough to make me go. Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna turn this off now. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CGI looked a, a little shoddy, but it's not it's not Halo bad. Yeah, but <laughs> but the art style is really good, and I think that kind of makes up for the CGI. Um, Patton Oswalt voices a a crow, and it's a little distracting because I'm very aware it's, it's Patton Oswalt. Little, yeah, yeah, Patton Oswalt has a really distinct voice, and it's not that serious. I mean, it's really comedic so i think it's yeah it's it's, it's hard to take seriously <laughs> but uh all right man that's good yeah it's gonna be on my list i'll try to catch up on it but um i'll have i'll try to have some more content for screen hub soon yes I'm, I, I, just, um, I'm so busy and it's just like oh my god no no but for sure i mean we'll be busy with tv like we said yeah. with the lord of the rings uh, continuation of uh game of thrones and whatnot but um I want to discuss, I don't know, I, I have like a vibe in me to discuss because our, our whole theme for this podcast is film and spirit. So it's really like a gentlemanly, I don't know, like ambiance. It's really, it's uh, discuss boy stuff. We discuss liquor and whatnot. And surprisingly, I had a little time off since the last week when I caught up with some classic movies, but about like boy stuff. So I, I watch movies like The Color of Money, uh, the old Scorsese film with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman. Uh, I rewatched The Gentleman. I watch movies like this. I'm like, I, I need to write about like those movies, like movies that discuss just like pure boyish fun, you know, mm-hmm. just like playing pool with a nice like glass of Jack Daniels in hand or something. So I think I'll, I'll do a... Uh, piece on this <laughs> i don't know like what kind of argument i'll be able to put forward but i, I, don't, I don't know if you would make an like argument this. but i think it would be interesting to look at those older movies and then look at them in 2022 like you mentioned the gentleman and have they aged well have they not aged well uh yeah. do you still find enjoyment in them 
despite the ever-changing landscape, um, do you think they would still make movies like that today? Do you think they should make movies like that today? You think? Um, well, gentlemen, for sure, because I mean, it's Guy Ritchie. I mean, if you don't, if you're not on board with his style, you will never be on board with anything he does. So yes, Call of Money is an interesting one because I think that there's some any masculinity issues there with like the female characters. There's a few things that didn't age that well, but the rest of it is okay. But yeah, I mean, with some old movies, definitely. I mean, we can talk about like what what's which aging like worst and what what is acceptable today if move if pr- like studios and like directors would make some movies mm-hmm. like this and like. But then at the same time, and is it without worrying about all the bad stuff? But are there movies that actually celebrate like boyish stuff in like a positive light and sort of like because we can't be shy about it at the same time, like. No, no, for yeah. sure, but it's a good point. I mean, like, like, uh, like Stand by Me, for example, a... is a very yeah. boyish movie, like literally. And I don't know if they would make something like that today. Mm, not sure. But trying, at the same a movie t- about boys being boys but aged well. Yeah. Like an old movie in 2022 we can rewatch. Yeah, but I think movies like Stand by hmm. Me are great and we should totally embrace movies like that yeah it's hard to say it's it always feels like this it's hard to say yeah. i need to do like a search but i'm curious as myself i need to find it then maybe i'll present it for the next episode but yeah it's a good it's a good point i mean yeah it, for sure i mean there's a lot of movies wouldn't do it uh, like the same way but i think you know what i think the best examples i have in mind are the daniel craig james bond movies hmm. i think like as a prime example of a character that's maybe like <laughs> known as misogynistic and just a womanizer like above what is acceptable i think that this is one of the prime example of a character like a womanizer character who actually aged well like with the daniel craig movies i would say probably this i would agree with that as a prime example the, yeah the craig bond era definitely evolved the character yeah so I'm trying to think of other examples, but this is one the the one that I can really see aging and really adapting to modern eras. But I need to look up more examples. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's been an hour and one minute. Yeah, I finished uh, my drink. It was really good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm dry as well. So <laughs> yeah, I, so I enjoy my drink. <laughs> once again, that's a good cue. Scotch whiskey, um, maple syrup. Tiny do another creation. Yeah. Do another creation next time around, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna curious. have to uh, <laughs> buy a bottle of whiskey or bourbon just to like mess around with it. And... So in maybe I don't know, maybe not next episode, but in two or three episode, hundred percent sure you'll be able to record in my new home, um, and I'll should have like a nice little basement set up for uh, a gentleman, uh, a gentleman's talk and a nice drink and. Uh, fine recording with like just like bulletproof sound <laughs> all around because that's it's it's in the basement and it's like just old like i don't know like uh, old gyps and so it, sh- it should be fine so we'll see what uh, what happens but yeah we, we should be able to do this in person in maybe two or three episodes time can't wait all right so as always it was a pleasure my man always take care take care survive your work yeah and, always uh, we'll <laughs> chat we'll chat later on for uh for next yeah. time thanks all for right, listening everyone Take care. Bye-bye.